Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. And welcome back to another another study here in uh, the Day of Prayer Morning Bible Study. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to get into the Word and learn more about the nature and character of our Lord and Savior. But real quick, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, because you are God. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we just want to glorify and magnify your name, Lord. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing, and that you've sent your Holy Spirit to teach us. Teach us about you, your ways, your thoughts, and ultimately that we would be conformed to your image. Lord, whatever is, uh, I'll say, hindering anything this morning, we lay that down at your feet. We give that to you. Your word also says to forgive, so that you will forgive us. So, Lord, we forgive those that have wronged us, sir. Mm -hmm. we, we forgive and we repent of any way that we have wronged you, that we have sinned against you. And we ask for forgiveness. Earnestly and sincerity, ask for forgiveness. And, Lord, we just thank you for the word that you're going to give and show us this morning about you yourself mm -hmm. and we just thank you and praise you for it in advance in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Amen, Amen. <coughs> alright so we left off in verse 27 of chapter 9 so if everybody could go 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 27 and who would like to volunteer to read through chapter 10 Verse 16. I will. All right. Okay, Kyle. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on. But you stand here a while that I may announce to you the word of God. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin, at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkey which you went to look for have been found. Donkeys, which you have went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabar. There are three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God, where the Philistine, Philistine garrison is. And it will happen, when you come there to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a string instruments, a tambourine, a flute, a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. 
Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with him and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you will do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gigal, and I surely will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you that you should and show you what you should do. So it was when he had heard so it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened, when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, Where did you go? So he said, To look for the donkeys. When we saw, when we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, please, what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly that the donkeys had been found, but about the matter of the kingdom, he did not tell him what Samuel had said. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there as far as a sequence of events mm-hmm. so what did you understand what, what happened and why well from my standpoint reading about how Saul was given a new heart and turned into another man, it would seem that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and like after he was anointed. Although I don't know if that was really what happened. It It's so much what you see now when people get filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that they become totally different people, but there's a shift in them and they have the evidence of speaking in tongues and other gifts mm-hmm. so that's kind of what it appeared like and I also was curious why Saul didn't tell his uncle but his uncle knew something it was more than just about donkeys well if they're, they know that Samuel is the seer and the prophet and ultimately the judge of the land so he's important So, and they know that the Lord has already established his word that none of his words fell to the ground. So whatever he tells uh, that the Lord said, of course, because God said it, it comes to pass. So that's no small thing to um, go see the Lord, if you will. You know, Samuel is the vessel and he's not to be worshipped. But he allowed the, the spirit of God to speak through him. And so it was important to them and it was accurate what he was saying. Because the Lord told him, and he said exactly what the Lord said. Didn't add to or take away from what was instructed of him to say. Exactly. Anyone else? Mm 
did you think about it, honey? <clears throat> right off the bat in verse 27, what jumped out to me was uh, the exchange between Saul and Samuel. And Samuel told him to, you know, stay back, mm -hmm. right? And more or less he, he explains the same thing they had just spoken about the, the night, the evening, whatever, before. He reiterates it. So you see patience demonstrated by Samuel for Saul to, to one, receive the message. You see earlier in chapter 9 how there was resistance. He heard the word, but he hadn't yet received it. What his role was, he hadn't come into alignment with it. So Samuel here, again, you see the patience being demonstrated. Mm. And telling him again, reiterating the word of the Lord to him, which is exactly what he says, right? I'm going to announce to you the word of God. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You were going to say something? Oh, did you finish your thought? Uh, no. Um, so it was, uh, it's, a, it's a, a lesson for us too, right? To, uh, it's also a fruit of the Spirit, patience. Sometimes people need to hear it more than once for them to get it. Now, uh, I'm not saying there's, there's not, I'll say, a limit, for lack of a better way to phrase it, where if someone's just not going to get it, they're resisting. Well, that's a whole different matter. And that's going to be, I'll say, treated a little differently. Well, However, there's grace given <coughs> and time and opportunity for someone to hear the message and then come into alignment with it to receive it. And there was after that that second time where he, Samuel that is, took the flask of oil, poured it on his head, which is anointing him, and just proclaimed, hey, the Lord's anointed you as commander over his inheritance, mm -hmm. saying he is king. Mm -hmm. But it was also the fact that this was, this was done privately. Now Saul had already been honored in public, but he was not uh, necessarily proclaimed king. Mm -hmm. There, he was, or I would say he was not anointed as king during his place of honor. The anointing came in a very private uh, scenario, situation with Saul and Samuel. So, sure. Sometimes, you know. God understands this about us. Sometimes he says things to us that surprise us, and it takes it a moment to sink in. And when that happens, you know, like we're surprised by it, or it seems like uh, what the world calls surreal, like it's happening, but it's not, or it, and it just kind of bounces off of you sometimes. God understands that. So when he, when he speaks to you, when he tells you things, and he comes to you, don't push him away. But instead go, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to receive this from you. Help me to understand. Help me to, um, you know, get past what I may be feeling or experiencing right now and receive what you have for me because my, my desire is to tell you yes. Just like um, you guys remember J. Iris when they came and said, um, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. And Jesus told him to fear not. And he said, well, help my unbelief. Like, this is what I'm going through right now. I hear what you're saying, and I'm grabbing a hold of it. But the rest of me is throwing a little fit. And Jesus understood that. 
he understands that we are spirit, soul, and body. And while your spirit, when you're alive to Christ, always wants to adhere to the things of God, it always wants to grab a hold of him, it always wants to walk with him. But your soul and your flesh, your body, sometimes have a harder time, especially if they haven't been matured and developed, to say yes to God immediately. So God understands that, and he's not like, oh, no, you didn't get it perfect, so get out of here. No, but when we grab out to him, grab onto him with our heart, our spirit man, and just say, yes, God, but help the rest of me get in line, he is always faithful to help us. He's always faithful, and he's just, and he's a good God, and he will help corral the rest of you and bring you in, and he'll tell you a couple of times, or he'll say it in the ways that you can comprehend it and give it time, you know, give your heart time to meditate on it so we can fully grab a hold of it he's not the kind of god that just goes oh you missed it i'm snatching it away bye he's not like that having a hard heart towards him and having a heart that is trying to grab a hold of him but maybe isn't quite cutting the mustard at the time are two different cases to the lord and he he knows who we are and he understands that that's why we have a lord and savior because he knows that we can't cut the mustard on our own so what he wants us to do is just to call out to him and go, okay, Lord, yes, I hear you. Yes, help me, to, help me to understand this. Help me to grasp it. Help me to receive from you. I want you. Yes, I want what you're telling me. Help me. Help my faith. Help me to believe. Help me to understand. And God will be there for you. So. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was the first thing. The second thing is... God always provides incredible detail and guidance. And you see that played out in the next section of verses where Samuel gives Saul direction mm. and guidance from the Lord. Of course, there's very specific things. He says, this is what you're going to do, this is where you're going to go, this is what's going to be said this is when you run into these people. Um, even with the, the prophets, they're going to carry these specific instruments. Right. There's, there's always incredible details with the Lord. Um, things that we can, we can know that, that are, are tangible, that are physical, that further proves that only the Lord would have known those details. Um, and you see that here, but then verse 6, and, and Kyla brought this up, this key where he says, The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man um but then uh, i'd say it's, it's closely followed by verse seven let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for god is with you and i'll bring that verse up because it doesn't mean do what the occasion demands does not mean do whatever feels good to you some versions say something to that effect do what feels right to you to do. Um, but that's not what it, it's not, what is being said is not what it sounds like is being said. Because the Spirit comes upon you, right? The Spirit is the one that gives all the gifts as he wills, mm -hmm. right? So for him to prophesy, it didn't come from him. It didn't come from Saul. It came from the Holy Spirit. So, like it. Anything else should always be say what the Lord says to say, do what the Lord says to do. So, do as the occasion demands is him and Samuel instructing Saul, 
Follow the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. Mm -hmm. Follow in your life. Say what he says to say. Do what he says to do. Mm -hmm. Is actually what is being said there. In other words, what he what Samuel is doing is teaching Saul to rely, be completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. How there's no other way that Sam that Saul, excuse me, would be able to accomplish all that the Lord had for him to accomplish in being king without the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. So you see there's uh, I'll say spiritual growth where spiritual seeds are being planted and watered in order to grow, in order to have Saul develop mm -hmm. spiritually as well as naturally. Um, so there's discipleship happening mm -hmm. here. Um, are you going to say something? Oh, I, that's not what I was clearing my throat, but okay. I have something to say. Well, then please do. <laughs> okay. Um, so also when God comes to us, he, he gives us time to, as we accept the, the information that he's giving to us, time for us to come up to speed, if you will, to pray, uh -huh. like for your heart to be, um, like for it to sink into your heart, for your mind now to come in alignment and you begin to walk in those ways. It's kind of like when a, a mother becomes pregnant. There is quite a span of time that happens before, from the time that she conceives and then the time that she's aware that she's conceived, there's some time there. And then from the time of her awareness to the time of birth, there's time there for her to get used to the idea, to start to mentally prepare to go, okay, and learn the things that she needs to learn mm -hmm. on becoming a parent. You know, the dad gets time to learn as well, but, you know, the mom is definitely going to be there. So... <laughs> So, you know, that learning process has to occur. And you see that happening here for Saul. He told him one, one night, and, you know, like the party was probably a big enough shock for him. And he's like, what's going on here? And so he heard it, but he probably didn't hear it fully, what God said, or he went to bed like, is this happening? Is this real? Is this, is this what's going on? You know, not necessarily is it true, but is this real? Is this happening? Is this what's going on? And then he reiterates it the next morning like hey no i'm looking look at, look at me while i'm looking at you this is happening so you that the the person that god calls to do things has to themselves let it sink in let let the lord minister to them and teach them how to go about doing these things and you know like you said honey he discipled him but god also gave him time like confirm it you need he knows us and mm -hmm. uniquely and individually and the things and what we need to settle things in our mind. Yep, yep, this is going forward. God is validating and verifying what he's already said. He's confirming his word because he's already committed to do that. This is who God is. He confirms his word in various ways, but he makes it so that it's meaningful ways to us. When he speaks to us, he sends thoughtful mm -hmm. verifications that when we see them, we're like, Holy Spirit, that's only you. Like, I know exactly. that you told me this. I know that I know that I know. And when we say yes to him, like I said, he'll help bring us along. You may not have the full understanding and everything's functioning and firing all at the same time, but when your spirit man says yes, God will prepare you along the way. So even when Saul didn't tell his uncle about it, because once you tell other people, you know, he's going to run off and tell everybody else, or he doesn't know 
how he's going to respond, but he's keeping it to himself, like Mary did when she found out yep. she that she had close to her heart. conceived Jesus. What's happening? She's letting the Lord minister to her about it. He's comforting her. He's, you know, she's going, okay, God, I, you know, like, ooh, this is happening. You know, the the whole mind process that might be going on, like the excitement, the, how am I going to do this? Lord, I don't know anything about being a king. They've never had one. All they've ever seen him is in the distance. And, you know, he's the first one. That's a huge deal. Well, it's significant, yes. But also, as, as the preparation says, that Saul was to wait seven days for Samuel to, ar to arrive. Now, that's seven days that he was with these other prophets, just the Lord ministering to him and speaking through him. Because it says, that day, the day that Samuel spoke to Saul, all those things came to pass. Mm -hmm. So that gives him seven days with these prophets, seven days of spiritually growing and developing, becoming the, the new man that the Lord said he would become um, when... The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, came upon him. But then there's also the the fact that he was prophesying. Again, we talked about the gifts. They all come from the Holy Spirit. He gives to each one as he wills. Mm -hmm. um, there is the other thing, like, that the people observe this. The people observe the change. Well, when the Lord truly becomes our Lord and Savior, when we truly submit to his Lordship, there's a change that happens. There's no denying it. If we have truly made the Lord our Lord and Savior. People are going to see that change. They're going to ask what's different. In this case, he was prophesying, which everybody knew that could only happen from the Lord. They had to ask the question, is he also, Saul, also like the prophets, among the prophets, with the prophets? Does he also have the same gifts? Right? That's a... That's significant. So in that, just the Lord establishing his chosen servant for the task that he has for him. Mm -hmm. The Lord. So well, yesterday we'd also spoke of, spoken about um, dealing with people, right? How Samuel took Saul when he was nothing. He was just on a task, an errand for his father, right? And Samuel... I heard from the Lord and put Saul in the place of honor. It will first give him an invite to a, a dinner, a party, or whatever way you want to phrase it, a, a ceremony, a sacrifice that he had no business being at. It was invitation only. He invited him. He put him in the place of honor. He, he gave him all the, the choice, everything. It was, um, he was honoring him when he was nothing. He didn't look for certifications, qualifications, how much money, or, or whatever things that, in the natural, from a human perspective, we look for. This all happened beforehand. But he acknowledged that the Lord was certifying and qualifying Saul for the ministry and the work of the ministry that the Lord had for Saul to do. Samuel also submitted himself to Saul in the fact of however the Lord leads to help him to help for Samuel to help Saul in accomplishing what the Lord would have him accomplish. So that's significant. Mm. Anything else? Nope. Okay.
read verse 17 and all right who would like to read start in verse 17 and carry on through the end of the chapter i will all right charles then samuel called the people together to the lord at mizpah and said to the children of israel thus says the lord god of israel i brought up israel out of egypt and delivered you from the hand of the egyptians and from the hand of all king kingdoms and from those who oppressed you but you have today rejected your God, who himself saved you from all your adversaries and your tribulations. And you have said to him, No, set a king over us. Now therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. And then Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near. The tribe of Benjamin was chosen. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was chosen, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, Has a man come here yet? And the Lord said, answered, There he is, hidden among the equipment. So they ran and brought him from there, and when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? that there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king! Then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty and wrote it in a book and laid it before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Geba, and vowed men went with him, whose hearts God had touched. But some rebels said, How can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You, there's always, even among their, their requests, they asked for a king. And then they said, he's not good enough. What? <laughs> there's, always, right. there's always some folks, there's always some people that are not, they're not happy regardless of what happens and what God does. Even in answering their request. It's not good enough. What? <laughs> and the Lord even made the point of going, look, he's a shoulder, head and shoulders above everybody else, like physically, and all the things that in the natural people desire, we, a good-looking one, strong, um, tall, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, had the, he had the look, if you will. No, he was hiding in the equipment. But <laughs> why was he hiding? Because <laughs> really, I'm just really? you, that's like being in the spotlight. You know, it's one thing when it's just you one on one talking, but then everybody's looking at you, going, <gasps> oh, <that's true. laughs> "Okay, now you get it." <laughs> so. so there's some pressure. He's there's hiding among the spears, but his head had peeled over them. Yeah. Not, no baggage, sir. Baggage. So it says hiding oh. amongst the baggage. Oh, ours is equipment. Okay. New King James Version. Gotcha. So, okay. Well, other versions say baggage. Oh. But here's, here's the thing. Sometimes, well, no, not sometimes, all the time, we must remain, mm -hmm. right? right? To be faithful servants, right? The Lord says, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Will he find people that have remained steadfast, faithful, in the Lord and in the things of the Lord. 
following him, following his ways. That's not religious tradition, but that means stepping out of faith, doing the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Commanded you, specifically you, to do. Right? Saying the things that he said to say, doing the things that the Father has for you to do. Hmm. Are there going to be similarities to, or commonalities, as it were, to the things that I do, or or Kamisha, or or you, or... uh, Yeah, there are. There's going to be similarities. But the Lord also has plan a purpose that's special and unique to you. So, when he returns, will he find you doing that? Will he find you still walking that out, remaining in the things that he said? Or, right, where Paul also says, hey, don't shrink back. Right? We're challenged, we're encouraged, we're admonished to continue moving forward in the things of the Lord. It's more than just, oh, this sounds great in theory. Or, looks good on paper. But there's the other aspect of, in order for this to be fulfilled, to be accomplished, it takes, I'll say effort, it takes diligence and dedication. That must be carried out on our part. No, we can't do it of ourselves. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit. But it's also that we would, we would be able to carry it out in him, in the Lord, moving forward in the things of him. So, yeah, this is, uh, I'll say, the first challenge and opportunity for, for well, now King Saul, right? And you see that he didn't really rise to that challenge. He shrunk back. He became fearful instead of like he was being taught letting the Holy Spirit lead and guide and putting all his faith and hope and trust in the Lord. So, well, the Lord's still identified, this is, this is who I've chosen. Mm-hmm. And he even provided, it says, valiant men mm-hmm. whose hearts the Lord had touched. Mm-hmm. So these are going to be people that, that are going to help look after him, protect him, right? But also the people said, long live the king. All right, so there's a acknowledgement and acceptance of, mm-hmm. yes, the Lord has fulfilled their request, and they're also coming into alignment and agreement with, well, we read in Deuteronomy, how the Lord chooses the king. So they're coming into alignment with the Lord's choice. Mm-hmm. Saul was the Lord's choice. There's no getting around that. Saul had the opportunity, as like we all do, to come into alignment and to fully carry out the plan, the purpose, the thing that the Lord has for us to do mm-hmm. in excellence. Mm-hmm. The question is, will we? Will we remain? Mm-hmm. And remaining is cannot be done in your own strength. Absolutely. Uh, Saul forgot that God is with you. You know, the verse... Was that verse seven? And the uh, and let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Mm-hmm. So in that time of preparation that he had, when it was just the you know the Lord confirming His word and all that, He confirmed that He's with him. That was the point of 
prophesying and things of that nature. Those were outward demonstrations and signs to him and to people outwardly, but to him more importantly, because that's what matters, is that God is with him. God is with you. So if you try to launch out in the journey that God created and designed and destined for you, but you, you strike out on your own, in your own ability, you're going to fail because soon fear is going to come up and snatch you and, you know, or you're going to get off into your flesh. But if you maintain your dependency on God Almighty, you maintain your, your hand clenched in his and you walk beside him and allow him to open the doors and create the, the pathways and do the things that he's already designed and created and desires to do, then you'll never fail. With God, with God, all things are possible to him or those that believe, right? But when you try to do it on your own, instantly you've already gone in the wrong direction. So I think he forgot in the moment that God is with him. And, you know, in the face of people looking at you and expecting things from you and, you know, they literally rejected God, you know, and I could see that easily being in his mind. They rejected God to have me. What am I supposed to do? How am I going to do anything? They're all looking at me. They all want me to be something that I'm not. I mean, I, I can say that I've had those kind of thoughts in my own mind. You want me to be something that I'm not. I know you've said that, Kyla, like you don't understand and you it, it's hard for you when other people put their expectations on you. And what we always say is, who cares about anybody else? Go do what God called you to do. Because his, he's the only one that has a right to have an expectation. Mm -hmm. Because he's the only one that's put something in you. Now, we're, we as your parents, are we make sure that our expectations of you line up with what God says. Yes, we have requirements for you being in our household. But ultimately, those are subjugated to what God demands, what he wants from you. And exactly. in support of that, because we're your parents. But as far as strangers, people on the street, who cares? Let that go. The only one that has a right to demand anything from you is the one who died for you and saved you by his death, burial, and resurrection and his blood that pays for you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit, of course, as well. So, you know, I can keep that in mind as you go and, you know, look at other people. They've had this experience. You're nobody looking for donkeys. Next year, the king, and they're shouting, long live the king. And you're like, what is going on? Wait, I wasn't ready. I thought I was just... You know, it was okay when we were in the corner, but now everybody's looking at me. So, God is with you. That is the important thing. Did anybody have any um, thoughts they wanted to share? What about Saul and dealing with his opposition of the people that weren't? For him. When he held his peace? Mm-hmm. What'd you get out of that? Like, even though people rejected him, he didn't go back and force himself upon the people. He held his peace and still cared for it. Yes, he still wants to care for them, but act, he acted to them the same as he would act towards the people that loved him. Mm -hmm. So there was no partiality. There was grace given, right? Yes. All 
always are an example, as it were, of how we should act in the Lord. We should give grace to those that are in opposition against us. Right? Yes. Okay. We should be people of peace. Peacemakers, as the word calls it. Even against our enemies. Right? Yes. I mean, these are people within, I'll say, the household of Israel, the nation of Israel, now have a king that are in opposition with him. To the king. At the start of his kingship. Right from the get-go. They, yes, had, but were openly expressing their doubts. Well, as I was saying, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? Yes. Okay. Well, it has the potential to grow. It has the potential that more people will adopt this mindset or be in opposition to the king. But now he gave grace. So I think that says a lot about him and his nature and character in the moment. All right, now, yes, he's able to do that because, well, he's coming back into putting his faith, his hope, his trust in the Lord, but also as part of being the new man, right? There's, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, there is peace. You have peace. You have joy regardless of the situation, right? Yes. So you see that demonstrated here. But it's also an example for us of how we should live and conduct ourselves. Anything else? Well, I think that sums everything up for today. Um, as always, we are thankful for your time, spending your time with us and sharing our morning Bible study. And we hope that you've, you've received something from the Lord in this time. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to close out in prayer. Layla, pray for us, my love. Lord, I thank you for today and for your mercy and your grace, Lord. And for the things that you're doing for us, Lord, and for you being our King, Lord, one that we can depend on, Lord, and that you rule over us and you keep us and you guide us, Lord. And I ask that you'll touch the people that need touching today, Lord, and bring them into your will, Lord, and help them to understand the things that you have in store for them, Lord. Just make it easy for them to follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So if this is your first time joining us, go back into um, the previous um, Bible studies and check those out and, you know, kind of catch up and get up to speed with us. And in all things, don't reject the Lord, but reach out for him and stay close to him. Have a great day. God bless you. We God love you and we're praying for you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.